Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. This is Cashflow Ninja. I'm MC Lobsher. Thank you so much for spending those valuable resource, your time once again with me. On the show, the audio production of the show is done by On Air Brands. Just wanted to share that with you, too. Uh, I'm very excited about today's show. I've got a fantastic guest. Uh, we're going to cover a topic that is a very sought-after topic by a lot of folks. If I look at my inbox, uh, the topic that we will be getting into is making up a lot of it lately. But before we do, just a reminder, you could check out all of our past episodes, there's over 820 of them now at the time of recording at CashflowNinja.com, uh, along with all of the resources. And don't forget to grab a copy of my new book, The 21 Best Cashflow Niches. And uh, it's available on Amazon, or you could go to CashflowNinja.com forward slash 21 niches. Uh, if you send a receipt of your purchase to my team at info CashflowNinja.com, we give you access to the digital version of the book, an audio version of the book, a curated library where we share all of these many cash flow uh, niches. Uh, so you don't have to listen to 820 shows, right? A little shortcut for you and many more bonuses. I'm joined by Jesse Krieger. Uh, Jesse, great to connect. Uh, excited to have you on. Um, for folks that don't know, about you and what you do. Can you please share a little bit about your journey and your background with them? Sure thing. And first off, the book publisher in me loves that little plug at the beginning of the show. Well done. <laughs> um, as for me, you know, my background is twofold in book publishing. For the last 10 years, I've been both a best-selling author of a book called Lifestyle Entrepreneur, founded Lifestyle Entrepreneurs Press, and we've published about 150 books on entrepreneurship, health and wellness, and self-help topics. But behind me here, you see PowerFan and PowerFan.io. We're empowering authors, content creators, and fans to leverage NFTs, non-fungible tokens, and social tokens, um, as well as decentralized finance. So we can get into that too. Yeah, very excited to get into this topic because as I mentioned in the intro, I've been getting a lot of emails from our listeners and viewers all over the world about this specific topic. So I am very excited to, to touch base on this. So I think let's start big picture. There's an ecosystem that's just exploding uh, within cryptocurrencies and blockchain technologies. Can you give a little bit of an overview and where does NFTs, non-fungible tokens fit into this crypto uh, ecosystem? Yeah, I think that's a good place to start. So Bitcoin, which most people have heard of, is the first cryptocurrency, came out in 2009, um, largely in response to the last major financial crisis as a way to create sound money digitally. Um, Bitcoin has been the top performing financial asset for the last 10 years across every category on Earth. So there's that. And from that, Ethereum is the second generation cryptocurrency the second largest as well by market cap. Ethereum is unique in that it allows smart contracts to be executed, which means you can, without a bank, without a central institution, trustlessly exchange value with people you don't even know, as well as many other great functions. 
And so Ethereum is what allows NFTs or non-fungible token to be created, or rather as the first blockchain. Now there's Avalanche, Phantom, Solana, Elrond, more, you name it, that allow NFTs and those are like third generation. Um, but on Ethereum, if you've heard of Board Ape Yacht Club, CryptoPunks, these are some of the early NFT collections that are now worth, you know, just crazy amounts of money, millions of dollars each in some cases. Um, so that's the, the super short version of like introducing NFTs and how they grew up amongst these other blockchain assets. Yeah. So I think a big, big point there is this whole ecosystem was as a response to the lost crisis. And we have talked many times about solutions because we see very dark clouds in many different areas for folks, whether it be individual sovereignty and freedom, whether it be in the, in the business world, whether it be in across markets, right? Um, and folks are starting to decentralize themselves physically, uh, their sources of food, water, electricity, their sources of money, whether it be gold and silver. And obviously the crypto, where a lot of freedom seekers and a lot of folks looking for alternatives to decentralize some of their um yeah, so some of their wealth and their money are, are are looking into. So I think that's a that's a very big takeaway. And then Ethereum, obviously, uh, sort of the crypto 2.0, then laid the found foundation for NFT. So for someone just getting started, so what what exactly is an NFT, and and how can they be used? I mean, folks are probably. Uh, bombarded with tweets uh, if they're on on social media about this. Um, just explain to folks later because th this is the number one question I get. MC, what is it? Uh, how does it work? Uh, how is it created? Like, and share a little bit with us. Sure. So an NFT stands for a non fungible token, and what that means is Ethereum. You can have one Ethereum. You can have half an Ethereum. You can have two Ethereum. It's all Ethereum. So that's fungible, but an NFT is a unique digital asset. There's only one of each unique digital asset of its kind, and, and it can't be cut in half. It can't be chopped up. So you could think of a painting, like if you're behind me, there's a painting on the wall. Let's say that's worth $1,000. I can't cut it into 1,000 pieces, and each piece is worth a dollar. The value is in its fixed form. And that's the way to think of an NFT. So that could be like a certificate of authenticity for a piece of art. If you hold the NFT, then that verifies ownership of a physical piece of art. That's one example. Uh, in our case, we're working with authors, content creators, and artists. So we've, for example, auctioned an NFT. Whoever buys the NFT gets a signed art piece of art. We've done this for Manny Pacquiao. Uh, commemorating his final fight, um, got a signed painting by the art by Manny, but the artist auctioned it. So these are examples of like bridging the physical digital world, whereas an NFT itself is the digital asset on the blockchain that can be transferred amongst people very seamlessly or bought and sold. The unique thing about buying and selling NFTs is you can build in a royalty to the asset. So Say I create an NFT and I sell it to MC for $1,000. Great. I made 1000 bucks. Now MC sells it to somebody else for 2000 
So if I have a 10% royalty built into that, I'm going to capture $200 off of that $2,000 sale automatically and instantly, which brings up another real value, I believe, with NFTs and the blockchain decentralization. There's no intermediary. Um, it's, it's math. It's a smart contract. You can read it with just a little bit of research on the internet and see what these are doing when you engage with them with your crypto wallet. Um, but ultimately, it allows creators to put their work out in NFT form and monetize it beyond the initial sale. Um, as I mentioned, I have a background in book publishing. You have a book. What you sell a book to somebody and they sell it to someone and that person sells it to someone. You don't know, I don't know who those people are, and you definitely don't get an instant automatic royalty on those sales. But that's what NFTs allow. So that's a little more context. Yeah, that's interesting stuff. So talk about the, the creation. So you obviously, there's a lot of authors that you work for and creators and so forth, artists. This is all digital. So how does it work? I mean, they create it digitally. You access it digitally. It's transferred. Then, I mean, I'm assuming to a, a wallet digitally, if you own it, how, how does that part of it work? Sure. So on PowerFan, there's uh, two parts of it. If you're experienced, you can create an account, start creating NFTs. You have a profile. You can sell them. You're good to go. Um, but But our business model is to partner with creators and we we make the NFTs, we build their profile, we advise on the marketing strategy, what to use as a bonus, and then help them launch. Um, so we're managing the initial sale. Um, and then once the initial sale happens, somebody can list it on OpenSea, list it on Rarible, start to um, buy and sell them through the established exchanges that exist. MC Lobshire, the creator of the Cashflow Ninja and Cashflow Coach at Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate infinite banking with their business and investments. To learn how you can create your own banking system to turbocharge your investments and business in 30 days or less, go to yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a completely different world already. There's exchanges that's on there, so any anyone essentially can open an account and then create an, a non fungible token. Because uh, I've seen and and you know one of the questions that somebody actually even asked me, they listened to uh, uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, which I guess a lot of folks are listening to because he's the number one podcaster in the world. But that's a good example where somebody said. He should tokenize and 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 do some NFTs about his shows, his first shows, his biggest shows, all that kind of stuff. How would someone like him do something like like that? Because I, I couldn't quite grasp what the question was, and that's where I'm like, well, I. <laughs> that's a nice thing about having a Cashflow Ninja podcast is I could get the top experts on to to share and explain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could talk about it in reference to Joe Rogan, or if we look at, say, Cashflow Ninja, just as an example, but I think this is make good content for the episode. Yeah. You know, as an NFT, you could take this episode we're recording and it could be released as a unique one of one NFT, meaning there's only one of them. Um, and whoever gets that NFT will get 2,500 PFAN tokens, courtesy of PowerFan, plus any other bonus you would want to include. 
So it's a way to bundle up the episode itself, a bonus from a guest, and maybe a bonus from the show host. Um, and you could do that for each episode. I mean, you could literally just pre-schedule with your guest. Is there something you want to contribute to our NFT? And then you engage with the audience who wants this week's NFT, where you're going to get 2,500 PFAN tokens. And by the way, I'm using that as an example, but if you want to do it, I'm game. Um, we'll, I'll, we'll contribute the tokens. It's fascinating. So you could do all, because I think most people also just think of it in, in terms of art, right? All these digital kind of art pieces that they've kind of seen. So this could be anything. It can be digital art. It can be audio. Maybe if you can share some other examples. Yeah. I mean, the easy way to think about it is, well, think about it like this, like the NFT, this might sound confusing at first. It can be almost anything. It, does, it, it has a visual representation the same way as anything you buy online is going to have a product image. But what you actually get could be enumerated in any way. So that could be like access to a community. It could be joining a group coaching session, be part of a mastermind, a ticket to a live event, content, a collaboration with the creator. I've seen a really interesting thing where um, an electronic music artist, Blau, released an NFT collection for his new album. And whoever bid the most and won the number one NFT got to co-produce a song with Blau, which is also released as an NFT. So just picture it's not like, hey, is it an image? Is it a song? Or is it a chance to break into the music industry by co-producing a track with a world famous artist where you can now say, hey, I just produced a song with Blau. Do you want to collaborate on a track? And most people would be much more open to, to that than if you just said, hey, I'm a new upcoming artist. I have no collaborations. Do you want to partner up? Yeah. I'm just using different illustrations because it's not just the image. It's not just um, whatever is visually represented when you're buying the NFT. And, and that therein lies the value. Like this Bored Ape Yacht Club, um, 10,000 NFTs, they're all an image of an ape. And now the floor price, so the lowest that they're selling for is in the tens of Ethereum, I believe, which is like, I think, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so you've got a collection of 10,000 NFTs. The lowest one is selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars. So the collection value is like, I think that makes it billions of dollars. And so that's how you can look at this as like, there's the individual NFT, but then people can release a collection and if there's 10,000 NFTs and there's 8 billion people in the world, only 10,000 people at a time at most can hold those NFTs. So it's a community now. Whoever's got those NFTs, access to investment opportunities, exclusive party in Dubai, you know, whatever. Um, but you've got to have the NFT to access it. So if you think of it that way, like, once the initial NFTs are out there as a collection, you can announce any cool new value for your NFT holders on an ongoing basis. Example of that, right? Like, hey, everybody that's holding a, an NFT, one of my NFTs on April 1st, um, you're going to get an airdrop from a new token and you're going to get an invite to an exclusive party, you know, with world famous musicians and stuff. 
So now you've got some time for people to buy and sell NFTs. So everyone that wants to go to that event or get that airdrop has got one by April 1st. And if you connect the dots, if you're incentivizing people to buy and sell NFTs and you're getting a percent of each sell transaction automatically, then it just makes sense to have at least some collection out there with your audience and then keep adding value. Um, and Gary V talks about this with his, you know, he did, uh, I think if you pre-ordered 10 or 12 copies of his book, you got an NFT. Well, those NFTs are now worth a lot and he sold a lot of books. Um, and so anyways, you know, there's, there's a lot of examples. I'm tracking all of this stuff really closely and it can sound overwhelming. It kind of is, but what you should know is like the dawn of the internet, we're in a similar growth trajectory. Like when Amazon started, Jeff Bezos is on camera saying, I thought it would be smart to start a business in an industry that's growing 2000% per year. <laughs> there you go. Let's put up a website. 20x the people are going to be coming online this year versus last year. This is back in those days. So all you got to do is be there. That's the earliest stages. And that was true with crypto as well. But now we're maturing a little more to actual use cases, different ways to um, adopt and transact value. And as you mentioned, decentralization, financial sovereignty, there is more and more solutions to build that that have never existed before. And I think that's super exciting. So uh, this is right up the alley then pro, uh, for baseball cards. It's, it's the new baseball card, essentially football card, collectors and that kind of stuff. As a matter of fact, they probably have deals already with, with it. Oh yeah. Uh, on, on wax blockchain tops is a, is a popular baseball card producer. Tops did a deal with wax and now they've got, NFT collectible cards instead of the physical ones. But they even recreated the excitement of opening up a pack and seeing what cards you got. So in one sense, NFTs is this newfangled technology. But what's really working with NFTs is what worked 20 years ago when you go to the collectible shop and get your pack of baseball cards or soccer cards or whatever. You open it up and you say, did I get a rare one? Did I get a, a rookie card for a famous, you know, and now people are just doing that digitally, which is cheaper. Uh, the transaction velocity is much faster, right? Because you can instantly list and sell and exchange these versus going to a baseball card fair and putting your cards out on the table and seeing who wants to buy them. So I'm just giving a bunch of illustrations of what's happening in this space. Um, and it does touch on sports memorabilia, to art, to music, um, and content uh, is where we like to play. So you would, f let's just stick with the physical product. So those cards, and let's just say sports memorabilia, the Tom Brady, you know, he's su first Super Bowl win jersey. There, you could buy an NFT for that, but you would have the physical jersey, at, I'm assuming, as well. Both, you would get both of them. Yeah, you could do it like that. Like... So Christie's uh, big auction house, Sotheby's, on the high end of the market, they're auctioning an NFT and then people are bidding just like they would for fine art. But when they win, it's a blockchain transaction instead of, all right, box up the piece and where do you want it delivered? Right. Um, so that's one way. The other way is, yeah, you could 
you could sell NFTs like for a charitable cause. And you could say like, I'm going to sign five jerseys. I'm going to do whoever gets these five NFTs, whoever bids the most, you're going to get the special NFT plus a signed jersey and all the money is going to go to charity. So people are doing that kind of stuff as well, which I think is cool. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic market and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Let's talk about price discovery for a second, because this is the other question that I'm getting a lot. People are selling stuff, buying stuff for almost nothing and selling it for hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> months later. What, what's going on with that? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, one thing that's going on is people are definitely making a lot of money that are actively involved in like, so what you described is NFT projects usually launch and when yep. they launch, it's a big event. And if you're part of the event, you can either buy an NFT like the second they go on sale. And if, and if it's like a community mint where you put in a fixed amount and then you get a random NFT, then you could buy an NFT, discover that you got a valuable one, list it and sell it and make you know a multiple in that one day. So some people are flipping that's a thing. You know, it's a lot of work. It's kind of like day trading. Um, but you could also look longer term and say, like, if you look on um, coin market cap on the NFTs tab, you can see the top ranked projects. So that's a good place to discover, like, maybe not the number one or two, because those are going to be $100,000 entry point. But what's like the number 20 project? Yeah. What's the number 50 project? Is the number 100 project, is that one promising and it's been rising up? So if you think of it like that and you start to like get in with the community, so join their Discord or their Telegram, just take the pulse of like, is there energy and excitement going on here or are people looking to dump and get out? Um, if you join the groups, you can see it. Like if you just look at a chart, oh my God, it's up. Wait, now it's down. If you're in the community, you can see... Um, our lead developer decided to to leave, so this project is going to change, and then the chart goes down. So it's like you want to tune in to see what's going on within the project and look at price trends, uh, price discovery, things like that, to make a decision. Do I want to buy, you know, into this collection? So I think there's two ways to look at it: get in at the launch, and then try and like you know sell or or sell a couple and keep one or two so that you get your cost basis recovered or something, or buy a promising <clears throat> NFT or two in a collection that you think is going to trend upwards, at which point you could resell that for a much higher price a few months later. And all ownership is documented on the blockchain. I was just thinking, you know, when you mentioned that, that that's earlier, uh, how, basically how it settled. You know, in the old days, if you were, a, let's just pick an art collector, and you're looking for a 
a Rodan statue just off the top of my head. And now, now how do you find out who owns all the Rodan, uh, Rodan statues? That's hard. That's tough. You're going to know some people. You're going to have to make a lot of phone calls um, to figure out who owns them to eventually get to buy them or even have a conversation with that person. This makes it a little bit more transparent, more open. Easy. You kind of know who owns what. And uh, maybe you can speak to that, too. Yeah, I mean, getting into the more intermediate and like advanced level stuff, um, you nailed it with like, that's a good analogy for fine art, Rodin. One, there's not much of a market. It's illiquid. So if somebody lists a Rodin, then it could be an event just because now one's coming onto the market, right? Similar idea with NFTs. When you get a popular collection, you know, you get these high floor prices because no one wants to sell. They, they want to be in the community. They want to go to the parties and network with other people, right? And um, so then when somebody says, okay, I'm going to sell, you could get a big price, you know, um, recorded. Now, does that mean that if the other 9,999 people sold, they'd all get that same price? No, but it's, it's an indication. So that's one. Um, but the other piece with the transparency, you can go on the collection on CoinMarketCap or OpenSea. You can view the contract on Etherscan. You could see the wallet address of every single person that holds an NFT in that collection. And you can see everything else that's in the wallet of everybody that holds an NFT in that collection. So if you want to talk more intermediate and advanced stuff, you can find the whales. And if you want to get ideas, track a few wallets that have millions of dollars of crypto and see what they're going into. <laughs> I mean... It sounds common sense when you hear it out loud, but you can identify and follow the moves of big players in this space without even knowing who they are. If you just follow their wallet address, you can see every transaction they make. Um, so there's a clue, right? Like, and that's very different. Like you said, going back to Rodan, I don't know every single person that's ever held a Rodan statue. And I certainly don't know the date, time, and dollar amount that every statue has changed hands since it was chiseled out of stone. Yeah. And that's what you get on the blockchain. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting, even just with crypto too, you know, the hypothesis, and we've all heard this before, right? If you divide up all the money around the world and give 7 billion people the same amount of money that essentially within a certain period of time, whether it be five years or 10 years, the concentration of wealth will be exactly the same. You're going to have. You could say that that that's regressing to the mean. <laughs> exactly, and you know what's kind of interesting is to your point where you can track the whales and the crypto wallet. Is I recently read uh, an article that somebody was posting, and is and this person said, you know, it's a hypothesis of doing that, but in an industry that's been developing now. You know, for just over a decade, it's starting to turn into that where the, you have you have big players and obviously there's institutions now coming in. But now the, the concentration of coins are starting to move. Uh, and like you said, just fitting that that hypothesis uh, perfectly. Yeah, well, that is definitely happening. Um, and and it's. It shouldn't be a, a terrible surprise, right? Like no. just picture if you're um, a young kid and you put a thousand bucks into something and it goes up 10 X, 
you're like, wow, I got $10,000. Life's amazing. But if you're a whale and you put a million dollars in at that launch, now you've got $10 million and just dollar for dollar, that's a much bigger amount of capital to then be working with. Um, so the proportion is pretty big. Um, yeah, the, the projects that are launching, the smart ones, they're in touch with the other projects. It's like, yeah. it's a big, it's, you know, crypto is like $2.5 trillion of, but it's also a small community. Like you can get in and figure out who's running projects, who's collaborating. You can listen to ask me anything's with the team and they'll literally tell you like, we're getting ready to buy this project's token uh, right before it launches. So then once you like start paying attention, you can see that projects are collaborating and it's not just like rich whales that are buying up tons of stuff from everything that launches. Sure, that happens, but there's also projects launching that are interlocking with each other. And I think that's creating more of um, a real alternative to traditional legacy institutions and, and industries. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then, of course, the, the, the psychology of crowds, right? So you've got a lot of folks getting excited going into crypto and all of a sudden BTC goes from 65,000 down to 29,000 and the majority of the newbies wet the bed because they didn't expect that or they thought that it was you know, going, going to double or folks mortgaging the, the houses back at the, you know, the 2017, you know, 17,000 spike uh, yeah. at the top. And then all of a sudden it comes all the way down a very volatile market because it's still so small, small. So who, what, what ends up happening? Well, the folks that have a longer horizon uh, that have a higher, I would say, emotional intelligence that understand the madness of crowds and markets. Well, they already, they have, they had liquidity to pick up all of the coins that everyone else was selling uh, at a very, very uh, big discount. That's what's really happening. Like, you know, yeah. you, you nailed it. Um, it's like people get into crypto and they have this thought, like everything's going to go up and only up. But if you look at any chart, there's 80, 90% price swings on many projects, including Bitcoin. So shocker, right? But from my point of view, as both an investor, a project creator, and an advisor within crypto projects, um, it's great for becoming more risk tolerant. Like I've become fairly okay with being down 90% on a position. If I still think it's got some life in it, I'll be buying more after I've lost on paper 90% of my initial investment. So like, if that sounds crazy, then play it a little more safe with your investments. But the flip side of that is I've found projects that can go up <laughs> just as much, three, four, five X, and we're not talking about years, like weeks or months. Um, so if you're willing to sit on unrealized losses or take those losses, then you're positioned to ride those gains. And I phrased it that way on purpose. Like if you can't take the L, then just do something else with your money. That's my advice. <laughs> 
<laughs> Absolutely. My friend Brian Page has created a cash flow machine generating over $100,000 in six months without owning any real estate. His system consists out of renting properties from property owners and renting them out on Airbnb. His system is so simplistic, it can be managed by virtual assistants and yet so effective and powerful that it predictably generates cash flow every month. Month. Brian and I are hosting a webinar where he shares his system and how it generated over $100,000 in six months for him personally. You can access this life-changing webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash BNB. This is one of the greatest cash flow opportunities I've seen since I've started my podcast. Again, the URL is cashflowninja.com forward slash BNB. We're getting back to NFTs quickly here before we jump into DeFi because I know we wanted to talk some some cash flow, some crypto cash flow here. Um, you talk about NFTs shift the economic incentives really to and, and in favor of creators. Maybe you can just elaborate on that, and then um, if you can just talk about what you guys do, uh, your if, if folks want to work with you and, and shift economic incentives in their direction. Certainly, yeah. So. Say you're an author, right? If you go on Amazon and self-publish your book, you'll keep up to 70% um, and as little as 35%, depending on how you price it. So with PowerFan, if you sell your book as an NFT uh, and and if you create it and set it up, you'll keep 97.5% of the proceeds. We just take 2.5% platform fee. But even if we partner, and set up the launch and advise, we only take 30%. So from a creator standpoint, you could like self-publish and figure it out and give away 30% or partner with us and leverage NFTs and still keep the lion's share of your sale. Um, So that's one way to look at it. Um, We're helping recapture the retail and distribution margin that you know, whether it's a record label, a publishing company, which I run a publishing company. So I'm eating our own lunch by doing this stuff, but that's the transition that's happening. Um, yeah. I think, does that answer your question? Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. And uh, this is again, like, as you mentioned, um, you know, it was early days with crypto. It's starting to, we're starting to get to, to a launch and a liftoff. Um, and I believe it's, the rocket ship is there, especially if you look at other areas of the ecosystem, which I know you're excited about too. DeFi, decentralized finance, which which is sort of crypto finance, lots of cash flow strategies in there. Um, Where would you want to start and what would you want to share just with our folks of what can be done? Because I think a lot of folks, are they don't um, quite grasp that side yet. They get the buy and hold. They get you can invest in companies that's in that space, you know, sort of the California gold rush, right? shovels, (laughs) shovels, <laughs> equipment, clothes, housing, uh, and, and so forth. Um, and they, they get that there's stable coins, for example, which you can stake, which is one of the things that I cover in my book, the 21 best uh, cash flow niches. Uh, but there are a lot of other cash flow strategies um, with regards to staking, yield farming and lending and so forth. Maybe you want to uh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that's yeah a very exciting topic as well. Um, 
So here's the quick primer is like, you know, you've got stable coins, which is let's say UST. So UST is there's a blockchain called Terra, Terra Luna. It's one of the top 10 coins. And they have a coin called UST that's always worth one US dollar. So now you've got a blockchain token called UST that's always worth $1, but it's on the blockchain. So right away, what does that allow? Well, with a bank, you've got a you, you deposit. So it's a custodial relationship. They've got your money. You've got to go withdraw it to access it. There's banking hours. There's wiring fees and regulations. There's other, you know, restraints from having money in a bank. But with UST 24 7, 365, I can use my thumb on my phone and send any balance anywhere in the world instantly. So, so the first concept to grasp is the digital representation of a government issued currency, right? This is very vanilla, but it's the, the entry level for DeFi. So, one, so now you've got that. So there's Anchor Protocol, um, which is on the Terra blockchain built by uh, Terra, Terra Labs and that whole crew. But Anchor is a money market that currently has $11 billion of, of value at work on the platform. I can take my UST and deposit, just lock it in a protocol. Then now I earn 19.5% on a rolling basis. So I could put it in there. Eight hours later, I take it out and I've earned interest that is now part of my balance. So there's no lockup. It costs about a dollar to deposit it and a dollar to withdraw. But I use quote marks with deposit because it's not like walking to the bank and saying, here's my money. Yeah. You're signing a transaction digitally that your UST is now at work in this liquidity pool on which you're earning an interest and all of which you can withdraw at any time. That's the more accurate way to describe it. So now we're into, let's say, second step. You've got a stable coin. You're earning interest. There's practically no currency risk. There's practically no risk, in my opinion. Um, so now you've got a situation where 0.01% interest in a bank, 19.5% on Anchor Protocol. Liquid, I could have this in my bank in a couple minutes if I wanted it. So that's DeFi 101. Um, you can get much more exotic from there. So you could, I'll give you one example. If you get this concept of liquidity, like on decentralized finance, there's not a bank, there's not New York Stock Exchange, there's not Goldman Sachs making markets for stocks. There's people that provide their cryptocurrency to create a liquidity pool that allows people to buy and sell those tokens and a little transaction fee gets shaved off for the liquidity providers. So go to step number three, you take your UST, you pair it with a new more exotic token. Um, I've, I've used Kujira, I've used Terrafloki. So you can create a liquidity pair of equal value of UST and this other token and you provide that. So when you provide liquidity, you get an LP token, which signifies your liquidity deposit. That LP token can then accrue rewards. So you can be rewarded for providing liquidity. And this, this is a win-win, right? The new project needs liquidity. So you're providing it. 
you could be earning two, 300% APY paid in that new token. And that earning percent APY will typically go down as more liquidity is provided and as the project roadmap comes online. So this is a super quick primer to how projects launch in DeFi. Um, you say, hey, we're going to offer, well, I'll use this opportunity to say PowerFan, like we're doing this too. We're listing our PFAN token um, and we're offering a reward if people provide PFAN and Ethereum as a liquidity pair. So if people provide PFAN and Ethereum as a liquidity pair, we'll give them 25% APY paid in PFAN. Um, but at 30 days, that goes up to 50%. At 60 days, that goes up to 75%. And 90 days and beyond, just keeping that liquidity there, now you're now earning 100% APY in PFAN tokens. Um, so actually, that was a pretty efficient way to explain it, I think. But what what, did, what thoughts or questions does that? No, like no, that's that's great. And for folks, please look into this. Do your research. Of course, there's a ton of content available all over the place, and I'm sure um, Jesse's got places that you can go and, and learn more about this stuff too. I think the cool. Yeah, we create a lot of educational video. Yep. Like I know that. Our best marketing is educating people and then showing them step by step how to get exposure to these opportunities. Yeah. Um, so that's 90% of what I do, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, yeah. So um, definitely. Um, and we'll get the the resources and, and links to the resources where folks can uh, access this education and, and learn more about how to do some of these things. But I think the crypto cash flow part of it is very important because a lot of folks just think, I need to buy something really low and sell it really high or invest in a business, you know, or uh, be very early in projects. There's a lot of great ways to produce income uh, yeah. by decentralizing yourself, essentially. I'm plugging you from a failed and collapsing system in a new uh, system that's poised for growth. Yeah. I mean, if we could go advanced for a moment here towards the end. Yeah. Um, where this all leads in my view and just tuning you into like, what am I doing with my own money right now? It's, it is staking. Um, and there are projects that through staking, you basically, yeah, you earn a perpetual income. Um, that could be in the project token, or you can earn in a stable coin like UST or US dollar coin. So you can earn, you know, fiat-denominated stablecoins from staking, or you can compound and let that compound. And, you know, the, the best investors in the world know that compounding is the secret to wealth creation. Um, so people in DeFi also know that and have created protocols that auto-compound. So just as an advanced tip, if you find some of these protocols very early, all you got to do is get some money in as the protocol's launching, because as more people come in, it compounds and you're getting um, reflected back a percentage of buying and selling of that token. Gotcha. So there's some projects like um, I think Reimagined Finance, REFI, and Crosschain Capital, CCC, shout outs. Those are both coins where if you buy the coin, you're getting Ethereum or or that token 
sent to you just for holding it. Uh, it's because they're taking the the proceeds from those token sales, actively farming and investing them, and just burning tokens or airdropping tokens back to the holders as a way to accrue. So, in closing, like if you just look at the top twenty crypto coins and you see that the prices have been going down, that's only half the story, um, because the other half is there's more ways to have a position that grows automatically, which is very different than which coin's gonna go up. Right. So if you buy and hold, that was, that's still a viable strategy. Um, but in my opinion, the better and more competitive one is finding ways where you're getting projects that either auto compound or distribute periodic, you know, like daily cash flow. Yep. And then you're a cash flow ninja. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's why I was really excited to talk about that and share that too, because uh, there's many ways to do it. And the pros, obviously, they understand how to generate cash flow and generate income in this asset class. Where do you see crypto? And I know it's obviously a big ecosystem in blockchain. What, what, what does this, this ecosystem look like? In I mean, it changes so quickly every month. So let's just pick 2025. <laughs> Only three I can't, years. I ahead. can't see that far. Uh, yeah, that's at that's, most. That's I could it. tell you what I see this year. <laughs> yeah, what, what do you see this year? Sure. So, for context, like 2020, at the end of 2020, NFTs were just starting to become a narrative. They had existed before, but there was some hype starting. In 2021, NFT narrative exploded and 1520x the transaction volume of 2020. So that will continue. There will continue to be explosive NFT sales growth and just NFTs coming online this year. Um, and I think in parallel, you'll see social coins. So creators creating their own coin. So you could have Cashflow Ninja coin and sell services or create incentives like that. So NFTs and social coins, I think will be dominant narratives this year. Um, and at least as we're recording this, we're still in the first half of the first month of this year. So there's time to play. And DeFi will continue to evolve. Um, like we've been talking about, there's some awesome projects that are creating like a financial foundation on the blockchain that emits value to you based on your investment into it. And so I think we'll see more, um, tons more money flowing into DeFi because of that very reason. Like inflation is going up, which means the value of fiat currency is going down. And, you know, that's a perfect recipe to migrate money onto the blockchain. So that's where I am. That's where you are too. I'll see you there. <laughs> awesome. Now, core message in our shows to leave. Our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So just see, if you cannot pass on any money to future generations, and you are only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, my advice is take the long-term view. Like, you know, I think there's temptation to say, what can I do today? What can I get done by next week? And that's good. But I find that people underestimate what they can accomplish in three to five years of committed effort. Like 
full transparency, I've become an expert on blockchain really in the last year. I've known about it before I was involved with it, but starting a company, becoming an active investor and advisor, and it can happen fast. So, you know, if you take the long term view that you're building competency that will compound indefinitely, that's great. Second one is simple read books. Um, you have a treasure trove of information that's <clears throat> not just somebody rambling off whatever they're thinking at the moment. It's been edited, refined, proofed to deliver value. So read books about the topics you want to learn about. Elon Musk, richest person in the world, read books. Um, and he's said that many times publicly. And third, um, your character is defined by what you do when no one's looking. If no one's around, are you thinking about how to hook your friends up, your shareholders, your partners, or you think about how to get over on them, take a little more for yourself, carve off a little piece? If you're focused on creating win-wins and adding value, the results will take care of themselves. And quite honestly, it's a more fun and enjoyable way to live. So those are my principles. Awesome. This has been a blast having you on and connecting. Where can my listeners and viewers learn more about you? All of the educational stuff that you guys have to offer. Where can they follow you? And where can they stay in touch of all the many projects uh, and, and stay in touch and up to date of all the many projects that you're launching? Yeah. So thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening. We want to hook you up, every listener, with 100 PFAN tokens. We'll create a link um, that can be shared here. Um, and we'll give away 2,500 to one lucky listener of the show. Uh, so our gift to you to come check out powerfan.io. Powerfan.io is where we, it's our site. We've got um, a Facebook community, NFT universe. So you're welcome to come join. There's people talking about investing, researching projects, great place to learn. Um, and join our Discord as well to learn more about DeFi and our token launch. Awesome. We'll Thank you. And that's up. very generous. I'll put the link at cashflowninja.com forward slash power fan for all of our listeners out there. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing so much value for all of my listeners and viewers. Thanks, everybody. See you on the blockchain. Awesome. And thank you for you listening and sharing your most valuable resource, your time once again with me on the show. Everything Cashflow Ninja is at CashflowNinja.com. And don't forget to grab a copy of the book, The 21 Best Cashflow Niches at CashflowNinja.com forward slash 21 niches. That's CashflowNinja.com forward slash 21 niches. And if you send a copy of your proof of purchase, you get access to all of the bonus goodies, which includes the digital version, the audio version, and a curated library of all of the interviews that we did this discussing the 21 best cash flow niches. Until next time, live infinitely.
This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.